Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. Um, we're here today, the old extra team, um, extra show team, me and Paul. So uh, welcome back to the show, Paul. Obviously, pleasure to have you back on, but not in the best circumstances, is it? <laughs> no, no, that was a really bad result at the weekend, but uh, I've got to talk to someone about it. I'm glad I'm talking to you. Yeah, nice one. Ge- yeah, Jerry would try and, bless, bless his heart, Jerry would try and put a positive spin on it. and <laughs> <just> <laughs> We just need a moan that we just need to. We just need to get it out. And just like, I don't think there are many positives. Jerry's probably still cleaning his uh, living room after after uh, that result. Bless him. But uh, no, we're we're here to moan about it anyway. So uh, for the show today, little rundown for the podcast listeners: what we've got for you on the show today. Obviously, starts off with extra time. Like Everton four. <laughs> John's written uh, Everton four, Chelsea nil. Uh, I wish Chelsea four, Everton nil. Uh, looking at the the little good and the very bad. Obviously, pretty. Awful performance all round. That'll be the first segment. Second segment, player analysis, Tom Davis. We'll be talking about Tom Davis, obviously. Another poor performance from him at the weekend. Um, we'll be looking at how he's done, uh, what the future holds for Tom Davis, and just stuff like that. And then we'll, we'll finish with a little lightning round as well, uh, which I've not done before. So, obviously, uh, Paul will have to guide me through that one, and we'll have to uh, improvise, and, and we'll have a little go at that one. So, yeah, um, that's what we've got in store for today. But, yeah, we'll start off with the extra time for Chelsea 4, Everton 0. Uh, obviously, Stamford Bridge, really poor performance all around, pretty much. I, I, didn't think, I, I don't think there's any positive performance really to take from that. Maybe a few positives of Anthony Gordon came on for a little bit, did some running. Uh, but apart from that, it was a pretty bad day at the office all around. Um, obviously, I, I, I don't think there's anyone who, who had a good day. Everyone had a bad day. Hopefully, it is just a bad day and it's not like a kind of Hopefully that doesn't carry on. Hopefully we'll be able to bounce back from it straight away, but it doesn't look right for it, does it, does it Paul? No, it was uh, probably the worst results of the season so far. Um, probably not giving me the worst feeling after a game. I think I, I didn't feel as bad as I did after the um, loss in the Cup to Liverpool, but in terms of just players looking absolutely awful, everyone to a man, just getting everything wrong, then I, I think that result's right up there. Um the only positive I can think of was I was on the verge of going into this game, but I had to call it off at the last minute because of family circumstances, and I'm, I'm very glad <laughs> I didn't bother. <laughs> I can't imagine being stuck on the motorway on the way home, getting in at about midnight-ish, coming back from London. So thoughts to all those poor people who went down there and had to suffer that. <laughs> um, just going into the players, as I mentioned a minute ago, I just I don't think anyone comes out of it with any real credit, really. I mean... Pickford made some really important saves, true, but for me, he got beaten too easily at his near post again for the first goal. So yeah. I'm a bit hesitant to sing his praises. Um, the strikers up top, they worked hard like they always do, but Calvert Lewin misses an absolute sitter. If, if he scores that, then we're back in the game. Yeah. That was, for me, the, the moment the game was lost. As soon as we wasted that chance, we might as well have all just packed up and gone home. Yeah. Um, midfield was non existent. Gomez is obviously not fully fit yet. He's got a long he's got a long way to got to come before he's back to the player we all know he can be before his injury. Davis will go on to later, and the defenders. Uh, I don't know why Dean came back into the team over Baines. I, 
Baines was absolutely brilliant. They were weak against Man United, man of the match. And Dean's been a bit, he's been undercooked all season, hasn't he? I don't think he's had any standout bad games, but he's not at the levels that we saw from him last year. Michael Keane just again showed that he was no way that he's not good enough for Everton. He's too slow, doesn't really play well enough, too reactive and not proactive. Sadibi is just an absolute dead the ball, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I've changed my mind on Sadibi a lot. And I've always sort of leaned more towards buying them at the end of the season rather than not buying them. But I've I've gone over the I've gone over the threshold now or over the line. I'm on the side of not buying them now. I've, I, he's just he's too erratic. So yeah, just you could probably pick out every single Everton player, and I could go on for about five ten minutes telling you how bad they were. So just got to put it behind us. Three points lost. Batters our goal difference a bit, but hopefully we can get we can make up for it in the derby next week. Yeah, obviously a poor performance all around from the players. Um, Ancelotti as well, though. Um, yeah, at, at the end, it, one of the interest is inter- comments I found interesting in his post-match interview was that he he's kind of said one nil, four nil. It's still no points. But I was thinking, no, as you mentioned, the goal difference like that's quite a quite important in a league that's so tight. Come the end of the season, maybe that goal difference will be important, and that attitude was kind of a bit relaxed from him. Um, obviously, he's he's gone with his four four two system. Um, I'd like to see it, like, kind of, hopefully the players will fit into it, but I think they are adjusting to it. Um, it will take time, but how do you, how, what do you think of Ancelotti the weekend? Do you think he was kind of, do you think he managed that game properly, or do you think he was as bad as, as, bad as the players? I mean, who am I? I'm just, I'm some lad sat in his pyjama <laughs> top in my bedroom. I, I can't slate Ancelotti saying he, he doesn't know what he's doing managing Everton, but I think, I think the, the lineup he picked came back to bite him. You, you know, we, we know who the usual culprits are. We've been moaning about them all season, and every time he plays them, they just prove yet again that they're absolutely not good enough and they shouldn't be here any longer than we need them to be. But just mentioning what you said then, um, the fact that he seems a bit nonchalant about the goal difference, that, that's a bit of a concern because I've just got the table up in front of me. We are on minus nine goal difference. That's worse than Brighton in 15th, who've got minus eight. Um, Newcastle have got minus sixteen. Um, Burnley and Crystal Palace, who are two, who are tenth and eleventh above us in twelfth. Burnley have got minus six, and Crystal Palace have got minus six. And going even above that, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Sheffield United—they're all well into the positives um, goal difference. So we are with ten, fifteen goals behind, even if we finish on double points. So we're going to finish above all these teams and somehow sneak into Europe then we're going to have to do it by finishing with more points and it's not going to happen through goal difference. I think that that, that comment Angelotti gave away when he said, um, you know, 1-0, 4-0, there's no difference, is basically what he said. I think that basically gives away that he's not expecting us to try and sneak into Europe deep down. I mean, he's maybe saying it for the media to try and, you know, get the fans up and give the players something to work towards. But for me, it gave away that behind the scenes when it's just him and it's his staff and it's probably Marcel Brands who are doing all the planning for the end of the season and the summer. They're probably they're, they're not expecting to achieve anything this season now. Mm. Do you think we still do have a chance of getting us to Europe at all? And do you like after that game kind of obviously I was a bit downtrodden about our European hopes, but do you still hold any hope of getting us to Europe, even the Europa League, by the end of the season? Well on paper we've still got a chance because we're on thirty seven points 
and Wolves are on 43 points in sixth. So there's nine games left and only six points. So of course we've got a chance, but I wouldn't hold my breath at all because I just I just don't think we're as good as the teams above us. We're not as good as Wolves. Um, we're not as organised and consistent as Sheffield United seem to be. I think Tottenham, even though they've got their injuries, have got more match winners than we have. And Arsenal, I know they've had a bit of a mess of a season, but Arsenal are hard to beat. They seem to find ways to just keep picking up points, don't they? Now under Arteta. So, no, I just I don't think we're going to finish above any of those sides unless we go on this barnstorm and run for the final few games. But looking at our squad on paper, I, I, we've got nine games left. I don't, I don't see us winning five of them with that team. So, so no, no I, think, I think for me, Europe is... I think we've just got to have to forget about it. Yeah. How does that game as well set us up for obviously we're in the middle of a pretty tough run. We've still got loads of teams around us. Um I think there's the likes of Leicester, Spurs still to come, obviously Liverpool. Um it's it's still a really tough run. I know we've had three or four difficult games there, but we've still got a few to come. Do you think we can bounce back from this during that run or do you think we'll just get we'll just get battered for the rest of this run? I think it'll just be middle of the road it'll be somewhere in between nine games it wouldn't shock me if we win three draw three lose three it wouldn't seriously because um, we're not an absolutely god awful team even under Silva we were we were never going down under Silva because we've got too much quality and the likes of Richarlison and Dean and uh, Mina and even Pickford but we're not a team that is top eight just not <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> I, could, I could easily pick eight teams that are, that are better than us and are more consistent than us. Um, so, Liverpool, the next game. I, um, I'd like to think we're not going to get beat there. But you know, the, the form Liverpool are in and the way everything seems to go their way and the way everything goes against us, don't be shocked if we play absolutely out of our skin and then something happens, like a gust of wind just blows the ball into our net in the final second and they win. So it just always happens in Derby. So, you can't expect anything from that. Um, we play Leicester at Cuddersen, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we could probably beat that. We could probably win that if if we get up for it because Leicester have got nothing to play for. Are they are they in the FA Cup still, Leicester? I'm not sure. I double check that. Um... Uh, what what basically Leicester are competing for the top four, aren't they? And I think they've probably done enough that they're on fifty points, which is and they've got a game in hand on United, so they're five points ahead of United with a game in hand. I think that they'll probably just get over the line and get in the top four. Um, and they don't have a cup to, to compete for as far as I know. Yeah, they've got, uh, they've got sorry, uh, Chelsea in the quarterfinal and 21st of March coming up quite soon. Yeah, three yeah, weeks away. Soon then. Well, yeah, so that, that goes to me. That strengthens my points even further. I, I think that'll probably be a game that Leicester, I won't say won't turn up for, but that'll be a game that we want more than them. Because they've got a cup coming up, they've got a bit of they've got a bit of breathing space in the league. Um, Tottenham, we have to go down to London, don't we, and play them at their stadium? I, I don't see us getting a result down there because just we never do against the top six, not with this team. So, I, I, the the rest of the season's a pre-season. I've been saying it for weeks, and I think it's just the most sensible way to think of it. Of course, you like to win. Losing doesn't feel it doesn't feel good at all, but. Does it really make a difference if we finish 10th or if we finish 13th? Yeah. Sure. Does it really? I mean, yeah. obviously no one likes finishing in the bottom half. It's not nice to look at, but 
other than a bit of a few a few extra million for your financial fair play, I just I don't think it make, it really means anything. To be honest, mm. and by the sounds of it, it doesn't mean anything to Angelotti the way he was talking after we just got spanked. So no, the rest of the season will what will be will be. Hopefully, we can win a few games and string some good results together and get everyone feeling a bit more optimistic for the summer and and next season. But even if we go on a really crap run, I just I, it doesn't mean anything really. It's about the longer term future, isn't it? I think that's the difference between when, for example, Sam Allardyce came in. Um, halfway through the season, people will point to that. I, I can, I've seen people already on social media, non Everton fans, obviously, point to the fact that um, Allardyce came in with Everton very close to the relegation zone and took them up to eighth place. Whereas Ancelotti has come in with Everton not as close to the relegation zone and he might not even finish eighth. Obviously, we doubt he will, to be honest. And um, people are saying, obviously, what's happening there then? Um, obviously, Allardyce done a better job, but I think it's about the longer term, isn't it? As you're saying, it's, it's about. We're kind of ruling the rest of the season out um, while Ancelotti judges these players, knows what he needs for next season, rather than just a quick fit like Allardyce was. But, obviously, we still do have, um, as you say, nine games to play, and we've got to do what our best from that. So where does Ancelotti go from here in terms of after a pretty awful performance from everyone? Does he completely... He's not a manager to completely overhaul the squad, but where does he go from there in terms of Dropping players, like kind of calling the other people up, like how how do you turn the team around after a defeat like that for the next game? Um, just going on to the point about how Ancelotti's not doing as well as Allardyce did um, two years ago. Allardyce came in came here to put a fire out. Angelotti's not come to be a firefighter. Angelotti's come to build something, and Allardyce was not interested in building anything. He was just there to do what was asked of him and get his money, and he can go on talk sport and the likes of that and cry me a river all he wants about how he was unfairly treated but he, he, he knows himself that he was never here for the long term so ignore that fat whopper um, <laughs> in terms of what Angelotti does like as in dropping players and how he goes forward I don't know because I'd, I think I'd like, I, I think he should have dropped players well before now I, I was saying after the derby that he, he should never play Sigurdsson again um, Schneidlin as well um, players like Walcott, we've we've known for about a, a season at least that he's not really got any use long term. At least all, all he's good for is maybe coming off the bench for the last twenty minutes of a game to help us chase something. Um, and who else? Players like Michael Keane, another one who we know we've known for a long time isn't good enough. So, in terms of what he's going to do to get get a reaction out of these players, I don't really think there's much he can do other than what he's been doing already, which is just try and. I don't know, put his arm around them a little bit and try and boost the confidence a bit to try and get the, uh, a few better performances out of them. But when the summer gets here, I, I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that this, you know, this nice guy act that he seems to have around the players will just drop completely. And as soon as he gets the chance to get rid of them, then he will. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a manager. At the end of the day, he's a, he's a people person. He has to know the right thing to say to somebody at the right time. And right now, as much as we'd love him to just go in and tear the strip off certain players and say, you you're this, you're that, you're going in a few months, you're never playing for us again. He'd be cutting his nose off to spite his face, wouldn't he? Realistically, if he did that, especially with the injuries we've got. So, I think for now, all we all we can do is just plough on, let Carlo get on with it, let him keep tinkering and rotating and moving players around and just give him all the time he needs to fully make his mind up about who he wants to keep and who he wants to get rid of. And let's just 
have faith that he knows what he's doing and that certain players won't be here past the summer. Because yeah. if, if there are certain players who played not just against Chelsea, but other players who've been letting us down all season, if they're still here in the summer and they're still getting game time, I mean, it's not not the club's fault if no one will buy this these shit players, is it? But these players are still here and still getting used come August then. I think fans will have every right to start really asking questions. Yeah. He has, he's, hopefully he will show that ruthless side because he has been pretty calm and composed so far, even in the bad moments, uh, like last last weekend, obviously, on Sunday. Um, so hopefully he will show that ruthless side and be able to turn things around. Obviously, quite a big job he's got in his hands, but I think Everton fans know this time. I think maybe something that went against previous managers like possibly Koeman, Martinez and Silva is that um, people doubted them from the start a little bit. Some people were against Silver, especially um, his appointments in the first place. So when when it got bad, people were thinking, well, we didn't want this guy in the first place. Whereas with Ancelotti, he's got that respect straight away and people will give him time this time. And there's an Everton manager who actually, he's he's well respected within the whole of football and everyone at Everton knows, he, he knows what he's doing. So we will hopefully give him um, much more time and he'll be able to, um, make an effect long term and he, he stressed that himself out it's a long term project and it's not just a quick fix so Everton fans are going to have to be patient but yeah um, we'll wrap it up there for our extra time uh, Chelsea 4 Everton nil. obviously a really disappointing result but we're going to have to move on obviously a big game next week so uh, yeah We're going to talk about Tom Davis now um, because he's struggling at the moment. Obviously, quite a few players are struggling at the moment, but he didn't have his best game against Chelsea. Um, and his progression seems to have stalled a little bit, to be honest. Um, obviously, he's in a, a new bit. system. Sorry. A little bit. It's stalled a little, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty kindly. <laughs> to like ground to a, a halt um, quite abruptly. Um, but now he's. He's kind of the promise that we were looking at from him hasn't really come through, and people are getting quite impatient because he's just not the player we thought he could be, really. And obviously, yeah, another difficult performance against Chelsea kind of accentuates that. Obviously, he's been misused a little bit, I think, positionally. Um, not misused, but experimented with. Obviously, that's what Ancelotti's come to do. Um, no one really knew what Tom Davis was for quite a while. Um, so Ancelotti's used him in central midfield. He's put him on the wing a couple of times as well. We say wing; it's not really the wing under Ancelotti. It's kind of a midfield, a wide midfield role um, than a, a wide winger, but um, kind of drifts in a little bit. So that's why Ancelotti wants to see um, him try that in that position. But before we get into it, I'll read out some stats from um, from Tom Davis recently, and they're not pretty. Um, obviously, 21, 21 appearances in the Premier League this season, just the one goal. Um, Last season, there was 16 Premier League appearances, no goals, no assists. Uh, obviously, no assists this season as well. Um, is, is, is The season where he played the most was 27-2018, when he played 33 times in the league. And still then, he got, only got the two goals and the one assist. So, his best season so far was quite early on, 2016-17, when he had two goals and three assists. But, yeah, it, as you say, his, his, his progress since then has stalled quite a lot. 
Um, and that was epitomised in this Chelsea performance. I'll get his stats off from that Chelsea game at the weekend. Obviously started in central midfield and was brought off after just under an hour. Um, <laughs> it's not great. He only had 30 touches during his, his 58 minutes on the pitch. Um, 20 pass, twenty accurate passes with 80% accuracy. Um, didn't do much at all. Obviously misplaced 10 passes. Lost the ball seven times. Um, won one ground duel out of five. Um, and one aerial duel out of two. And it's it's not pretty reading, to be honest. Um it's it's pretty poor. So um what was that just a bad performance from Tom Davis? Do you think he's he's kind of he's better than that? Or was that just typical Tom Davis for you? I think he's he's better than that, but not by much, really. Honestly. I, Davis he's he's got no consistency and it, it's hard to know kind of what exactly his level is because he's been so up and down. But I remember talking about Davis with um, Jerry and my brother doing a video like this about a year and a half ago, early last season, where basically I said that I really wanted him to succeed, but I just I wasn't seeing enough to give me any faith and that I was really losing patience. And I think supporters had every right to uh, start criticising him. And it's 18 months later and I think absolutely nothing's changed. I, I don't think he's developed one iota. And he had um, a relative amount of stability in that time. I know Angelotti's come in recently, but he had he was working with Silva for well over a year, and I I, I didn't see any improvement at all, even um, even when he was getting little runs in the side. The thing about Davis is for me is I don't know what he is, and I don't know. I think most of Etonians ask that what what midfield type of midfielder is he? Is he a sitter? Is he a runner? Does he have like a free roll behind the striker? Does he come out wide to collect the ball? Does he just sit deep and tackle people? Is he one of these players like Gay, where he's just absolutely everywhere? I don't know what he is, and I don't know what he. More importantly, I don't know what he wants to be. Type thing. It, it, obviously, you think it's commendable when a player just agrees to play wherever he's put by his manager and just does whatever the job's expected of him. But at what point is the lad going to say to himself, rather than a coach? No, hang on. I'm this type of player. This is what I'm good at. This is what I should be doing. This is what I should be getting match experience doing, rather than just getting put here, here, there, and everywhere. As you said, he's been experimented with, and my sympathy is limited because he's not the only player that's happened to. He's he's not the only player who's a victim of circumstance. Holgate's had a lot of instability since he first broke into the team. You know, he had that little run under Silver for a bit, then he had a few bad performances, and then Silver basically just dropped him completely and then stopped using him. Sent him out on loan in January, so and that was the last we heard of Holgate for a long time until he's come back into form this season when Vegas started using him. Other players as well. Um, I know I don't. I, he's another player I don't rate, but Michael Keane's had a lot of messing about as well. And even Michael Keane had that long run of games where he did quite well last season. But I, Davis, I, I I can't think of it all the time. He's probably how long's he been in the team now? Well, three years. Roughly, yeah, at least a probably years. a little bit more, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's played close to 100 first team games. I honestly can't think of the last time he made a really positive impact on a game, whether it was, whether it was him starting, whether it was him coming off the bench. I can't think of a time where I came away thinking, you know what, Davis really helped us there. We, if Davis wasn't on the pitch, we wouldn't have got that result there. I just, I don't think he affects anything. And he's, he's, he's too weak as well. He gets bullied by players who should not be bullying him. 
And as I said, close to 100 games, and it doesn't look like he's learned one thing. And at one point, at, at some point, you've got to stop blaming the coaches for that and blaming what's going on at the club. If you go to school and you learn absolutely nothing, you can't just keep saying the teachers are shit. At, what, at one point, are you just thick and you can't take anything in? And I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that's essentially what's happened with Davis, but the point that I'm trying to make is you can't just keep saying, oh, it's not fair. He's not been coached. The club's too unstable. He hasn't been, he hasn't been used properly. At some point, he's going to have to roll his sleeves up and say, I know I'm in a bad situation here, but I'm going to make people notice me. I'm going to make the best of it, and I'm going to impress despite the adversity that I'm up against. And he's not done it. So, Tom Davis for me, I, I just I don't see it working out here, and I don't think anyone's got. If he was to go in the summer, I don't think anyone's got any right to complain because I've seen players get shipped out for playing better than he has. Tom Cleverley is the prime example. Tom Cleverley was a player who wasn't scouse didn't have a big, loud personality that people seem to like and was a similar player in the sense where you just think, kind of, all right, he's a central midfielder, but what does he actually do? <laughs> what does he do apart from just take the ball and then, then pass it on quickly? Yeah. Nothing, really. Do you know what I mean? And look, was anyone upset when Cleverly got farmed out to Watford? No, no. everyone was like, eh, not good enough. Good luck to him. See you later. <laughs> what, what would be the difference if that happens with Davis? And you know if that happens with Davis, loads of people would come out and say, oh, he was forced out, it's not fair, he was a scapegoat, he was a boo-boy. No, I'm sorry, stop making excuses for him now. But the lad's not performing, and he's not giving the club enough. And I, f- I wouldn't be shocked if he's run out of chances. And it, if he does get, an- if he does stay at the club, then I think he considers himself very, very lucky. Yeah. Do you think he needed... Uh, obviously, we mentioned the whole race as well. He did go out on loan last year uh, to West Brom. Obviously, he didn't play in the position that he wanted to play. He was more right-back, sometimes right-wing-back. But do you think we missed a trick with Tom Davis in not sending him out on loan? I think we he was kind of pigeonholed into positions sometimes when we had injuries in central midfield. But do you think if he would have went out on loan, do you think, do you think we missed a trick there? Do you think he should have done earlier in his career? I think it would have helped him, but circumstances prevented it, didn't it? Because we, weren't as, um, we didn't have as much depth in that position. As, uh, in a, a year or two ago that we did at, at right back with um, Holgate Holgate could go out on loan because we had Coleman and we had Kenny so we didn't need a third right back really which is what most people considered Holgate to be at the time P- people didn't think he was going to come centrally and be as great as he is whereas in the central midfield we all knew Gay was going um, Gomez um, we didn't know if we were going to keep Gomez he, we got him on loan didn't we on the last day deadline day of, in the last summer um, or the summer before rather so you know I don't really blame anyone at the club for keep for, for not sending them out on loan I do think it would have helped them but I think if it were to happen now is it probably too late in the day uh, is it maybe better if all sides just shake hands and part ways because it seems to have helped Barkley as much as we don't like him Barkley forget the circumstances and how it happened Barkley just cut ties with Everton Everton cut ties with Barkley Barkley has got better since he went down to to London and he seems to have finally found a direction for his career to go in and found some consistency. Whereas if Barkley had just gone out on loan and then come back to Everton, would it really have changed anything? I'm not sure. And I, I I don't think I think that would be the case with Davis. I don't think a loan at this point would really help Davis, especially if it was just somewhere like the championship. Um, I don't really see, I don't really think he'd blame much out of that. And even if people say, no, we'll send him to Germany, he'll lay out in Germany. I don't think he'd get much out of that either, to be honest, because let's have it right, the 80% of the German league is pony. It, it is. 
it's a farmers league, and he's not going to learn much by skinning a load of crap mediocre players who probably wouldn't get in most Premier League sides. So I think if if Davis is to go out on loan and then come back to Everton, I'd, I'd want to loan him out to another Premier League club where he plays consistently, some, somewhere like a Watford or a Brighton or a Crystal Palace, if they would be willing to take him. I think that's the only type of loan that would help Tom Davis at this point. I think going to the Championship or going to Germany or going somewhere else, I just I think we'd just be wasting all parties would just be wasting the time if we did that. Yeah, if we were to sell him, like obviously he's come up come through our academy, so we don't know what he'd be worth. Like, what do you think we'd be able to get for him, and what level could he go to? Because to be honest, I can't see him getting into many Premier League sides. To be honest, I think he's made the big name at Everton, um, and we all love him because he's a blue, because he's a he's he's the personality he's got, he's a scout and everything. I don't know what other sides in the Premier get in, to be honest, um, because. He hasn't really discovered himself what he is, and no one else really has as well uh, discovered what type of midfield that he is. Um, I think he would struggle to get a move. So, like, what could we get? Like, what what do you think his value is in today's market? It's it's hard to know, isn't it? Because a player's only worth what someone's willing to pay for them. I, I think someone like Eddie Howe's got a bit of a weird fetish for unproven English players, hasn't he? Look at all the crappy buys off Liverpool I think someone like him would probably give us a couple of million for him or I don't know maybe maybe some other English manager like a Graham Potter whereas you know if, um, I don't see any manager like a, like a tough as nails old school type manager like a David Moyes or a Nigel Pearson or a, um, a, a Sean Dyche I don't see one of them really fancying Davis and paying money for him I think our best bet to sell Davis would be to some naive younger manager who probably looks at Davis and thinks he could get something out of him like an Eddie Howe or a Graham Potter and it just depends on how much those clubs have got to spend which is probably not a lot especially if they don't stay up like I don't think I don't think Brighton or or, or Bournemouth think it's very hard to envision them staying up so I don't know I I mean what would would I be happy with to answer the question I think if we get offered anything upwards of 10 million I think the club should just take it Mm -hmm. I know 10 million doesn't isn't really much nowadays, but we did get him from the academy. He we haven't he hasn't cost us an awful lot of money. I think any profit we can get is just uh, worth having. To be honest, mm. so you definitely wouldn't keep him as a squad player like he has been kind of over the last few years because we had we have needed those gaps filling in central midfield, and he has been someone to step in and do a job. Uh, whether it's a good job or not, uh, he's he's filled in in central midfield. And do you think we could? do with keeping him as a squad player in that role? Not for me, because just touching on what you said then, you said, oh, he's come in and he's done a job. If he's come in and done a bad job, then you might as well have not give the job to him in the first place. For me, personally, for all this, oh, he comes in and he and he fills in. Yeah, but you could get loads of players who do that. I'd do a job if I was asked, if I was asked to. Doesn't mean I'd be, doesn't mean I'd be good at it. Doesn't mean I'd be worth keeping around. As I said, I can't think of many times in the past two years where he's, where he's played a game and I thought, you know what, Davis really impressed me there or, you know what, D- Davis really made a positive difference to, to that result. I just, as a squad player, I just don't think he's good enough, honestly. Other players are worse than him. There are players who would rather rely on, I'd rather rely on him than rely on certain other players who just don't give a toss. Never accuse Davis of that. I, I think he does genuinely care and he wants to do his best for the club. But, 
if Everton want to get to where Everton um, are saying they want to get to, if we want to be a team that competes in Europe regularly and is challenging for things, then I think even your squad players have got to be of a certain level. And I don't think Davis personally is of that level. I'd, mm. I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to just click my fingers and then he suddenly goes great like Holgate has because a lot of people didn't believe in Holgate and look how it's turned out for him and Calvert-Lewin as well. But uh, the patience is pretty much around it at this point. So massive shame considering I remember obviously when he came on um, in that first season and he obviously against Manchester City when he did that little heel turn around Yaya Torre and went on and scored that goal which Lukaku nearly, nearly tapped in but obviously show promises like that like just some things I've seen from him make me think this could be a player and there was sometimes as well when I was trying to pigeonhole him into a certain type of player and I thought maybe he could play obviously the pressing in football has, has been quite popular in recent years uh, people have been trying to do a lot more um, obviously the, the, the influence of German managers such as the one across the park has been um, quite quite influential in bringing pressing into into the, the modern game and I thought Davis could do that um, but I'm not sure if he's good enough on the ball to like press resistant rather than just doing the pressing himself. Um, so that was the role I saw him in. But I don't know. Uh, do you see him in any 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 type of role like that, or do, do you just is that it? Um, I don't know. As I said earlier on, I've I've got no idea what type of midfielder Davis <laughs> should be. Honestly, whether he's in number ten, whether he's in number eight, whether he's in number six, whether he's just gets a free role. I don't know, but all uh, all this, oh, it's sad, he's a local lad and all that. I, I think fans need to get over that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Of course, we love it when a local lad comes through and, make, uh, and makes it, but for every for every um, scouse youngster who makes it through to the Everton or Liverpool first teams, there's a thousand other ones who didn't make it who you've never heard of. And is anyone feeling sorry for them? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. At the end of the day, and obviously we love that, that memory against City. That's to this day, that's one of my favourite goals I've ever been in a stadium to see. Honestly, it's in my top three. But you can't just you can't build a career off the back of that. Neil Meller for Liverpool, I remember this, scored an absolute belting goal against Arsenal to win them the game in the last minute in 2005, six somewhere around that. Did Neil Meller get to stand around at Liverpool all his life and live off that? No, he didn't. At some point, you've just got to... If the club's serious about getting back to the top and achieving things... You've got to just be ruthless, and somebody's postcode shouldn't come into it. At the end of the yeah. day, as I said, it was the same with Cleverly. Cleverly wasn't Scouse. Cleverly was a good lad who everyone had time for and wanted to do well, but if he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough. Club just moved him on, and nobody feels bad about it. So now, for, for, for me, I just I don't see it with Davis, and I, th- I think come the summer time, I, I, I really hope that we're shopping him round. Yeah, interesting. That's uh, that's most. I think most fans would agree with you, and uh, they've pretty much ran out of patience with Tom Davis. He's been around long enough to prove himself, and um, he's kind of continuously uh, being a point of debate. So, yeah, that's that's our verdict on Tom Davis. Obviously, I personally do hope he can turn things around. I don't think I don't know how much time I, he's got to turn things around, but I, I do as well. I don't, as I said, I've never ever chase about the club like I'd lo- yeah. like to do to somebody like a Sigurdsson or a Schneidlin <laughs> I would never ever accuse him of not caring I would never ever accuse him of just robbing a living and being a disgrace to the shirt he's not he's a, he's a really good lad and he really tries his best but 
at some points, just giving your best shouldn't just always be considered good enough. It'll be good enough for somebody. Just it shouldn't just be good enough for Everton. We've got to have, we've got to have players who are actually going to help us kick on. So as I said, I'd love Davis to just prove me wrong and to become this great player like and, and develop. But I think he's, as you said, I think he's had enough chances now, and we've not seen enough in return. So I think the club should be looking to move him on. And if he does get another, if he if he is kept around by Angelotti, then I'll accept that. If Angelotti thinks he can do something with him, then. I'll just I'll carry on hoping things come right for him. But if he do, if he is moved on, I don't want to hear anybody complaining saying that oh it's not fair. He deserved more time. He didn't get a chance. Blah 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 blah. No, I think nobody's got any right to complain at all if Davis isn't at Everton in the future. Yeah, I agree. To be honest, it's a, it's unfortunate, but it's it is the truth, and he has been around since um, since making his Premier League debut in twenty fifteen sixteen, and we're now. Next season going to be going into 2020-21. Um, so, he's had enough time. Um, it's it's a shame, but we'll see what happens for the remainder of the season. But at the moment, it's not, lo- not looking great um, for definitely our perception of Tom Davis. Today we've got your lightning rounds ready, which I've never done before. So Paul's gonna have to guide me through. Um, but to close the show off, um, yeah, I'm stepping in for Jerry, and we're gonna do a lightning round, and it's gonna it's gonna teach us things about each other's personality. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be great, and give you guys an insight as well into um, some of our some of our some of the quirkier sides of our personality. So we're gonna start. Um, I'm gonna be answer, asking Paul ten questions about himself. Um, quirky little questions, just to just to pick up certain things about him and we'll, uh, we'll learn stuff so it'll be great it'll be fun so yeah um, we'll get going um, right my first question for you is what's your favourite beer? Um, I like a lot of beers but the one I drink the most is probably Cause Light maybe mm-hmm. Cause Light or a Corona or a Budweiser I, I like a lot of beers but Cause lights, a pint of cause lights. What, what I'm drinking most of the time when I'm out. Cheap and cheerful. I like it. <laughs> Not too heavy as well. Just kind of a, a nice light one. It's kind of like get you get you going without being too heavy on the stomach. So yeah, you, yeah, not, not too gassy. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's a good choice. Um, yeah. So second one, job you always wanted to have as a kid. Oh, um, my dream job as a kid. I mean, I don't want to do. It. I don't want to do it now. Obviously, um, I I had like delusions of being like a police detective and solving crimes. So you know I mean, because I used to love like all like you no know, like criminal shows about all these like solve murders and catch like robbers and things like that. So mm-hmm. like when I was like ten and eleven, I wanted to be like a DCI. Now I don't want to do that now. I'll stress. You know what I mean? But that's mm-hmm. something I always liked. I liked like the suits they wore and all that, and the way they always seem to get off with like the fittest female officer. So yeah, like a, someone someone high up in the police was my dream job as a kid. Mm. That's interesting, especially with all the the corruption documentaries that have come out, like Line of Duty, yeah. etc. Since, but yeah, I'd be the guy who like goes against the grain and like ends up getting suspended to get me badge took off me, but I end up like <laughs> solving the case by my own like methods and getting like the hero's welcome at the end, and then basically I get the, the guy who fired me, my 
um, sergeant basically gets fired and I get his job and I get the fit woman and I get all the applause. <laughs> the maverick. I could see you playing the fella in The Wire. Um, I could see you playing that role. Have you seen, have you seen The Wire? What's his, what's his name? Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a little bit of it. I, I, know, mm. I know what you mean, yeah. I, I was thinking more like Miami Vice. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's cool. Um, it, it would be a cool job, to be fair. But um, We'll move on to football topics for the third question. Who's your second team? Second team, um, I said I wouldn't describe them as a second team. They're not a team that like I, I'm like obsessed with how they're doing. But it's a team wherever they're on telly, and I, I always want them to win. And I, I I do keep an eye out for the results. Is probably Atletico Madrid. Yeah, in Spain, I, I do like Atletico Madrid, and I'd, I'd love it if they won the league or the Champions League. Yeah, that's cool. Like well organized side. I was hoping you wouldn't say Liverpool. Which is which is great. I wasn't expecting you to do it all, like, but yeah. No, it's not one of these half half scarves. Oh, it's great for the city, blah blah blah. blah. No, <laughs> no, no. Get no. In the bin. <laughs> They're fake Evertonians, them guys. You see that? Um, what's it called? That's oh, why did I write that? What a stupid question. I said favorite team other than Everton, which is identical to the previous question. Um, yeah. I'll add, uh, other than in, 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 all right, in, in England, then I'll answer that. Me, me, yeah. me, second. Me, main second team is probably Atletico but another English team that I like and I don't know why I just I always have for some reason is probably Ipswich and I don't mm. know why I generally don't know why <laughs> I don't know anyone from Ipswich I've got no affinity with Ipswich it might just be because I remember watching them like wearing blue and I remember mm. when they had Shefty Coochie and all that and, just, and he did that mad celebration that I don't know. I, I like Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy was their manager for a few years. I've always, I've always wanted them to come up to the Premier League, and they never have for some reason. I, I don't know why. I've n- never been to Ipswich. Don't know anyone from Ipswich. I've no, <laughs> I've no links to Ipswich. I've just, whenever they're in the Championship, I always think to myself, I hope they get in the playoffs and they come up, you know, and they never do. <laughs> That's interesting. You've got Luke Garbutt on loan at the moment. Oh, happy. Yeah, yeah, I have to watch watch out for him there. I think he'll probably stay there as well, to be honest, after the, I think his contract runs out this season, so I can see him staying there. But uh, that's a reason to watch out for them. Um, interesting one as well, yeah. Um, pretty typical one for the next one. Um, pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? No, I don't like pizza. I used to make it, and pizza's just an absolute no-go for me. I just, I don't like, I don't think it should be allowed to be sold. <laughs> pizza in general? No, 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 I'm not a fan of pizza. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. I used to make it, mate, <laughs> and I know what goes into them, and I know how, how I know how horrible it can be making them, and what a pain in the ass it is. So I feel sorry for any like pizza chef. Heavy, Jesus! I, 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 I don't know if I want to ask you or if it's going to put me off pizza for life. Like, what you don't know can't hurt your tongue, mate. Oh, I'm, I'm scared <laughs> of it now. Though I'm going to be looking I'll out tell, for like. I'll tell you somewhere not to eat, but I'll say it off camera. Oof! I know. Yeah. Don't know. Can't hit you. Can we do some? Do, 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 you to, do you want to tell us something around with it, or should we just should we just leave that? Uh, it's right by a B and Q. I'll give you that too. Uh, <laughs> if you get it, don't say it out loud. Let people work it out. It's right by a B and Q, and it's right by an um, a next and an M and S and a Frankie Benny's. Is this North Liverpool? Yeah. I don't know me North Liverpool. Uh, wait, we'll say it off camera. Tell me after oh. this. I'll bank that. 
Yeah, we'll remember that one. Next question. Um, favorite sport other than football? Um, I follow quite a lot of sports. I like, I like boxing. I like snooker. Um, I'd, I'd probably go with boxing. That's the one I follow. Second behind f- football, really. But I follow that like quite quite a bit. So I'd, I'd, I'll go with boxing, even though I'd be absolutely hopeless at it if I ever tried it. <laughs> Just got to watch that, innit? Yeah. Um, well, I think I skipped one there. Next question is, if you were presented with a box of celebrations, which is the first chocolate that you would go for? Milky Way. Milky Way, interesting. Milky Way or a Snickers. I used to be all about. I used to be all about the bounties when I was a kid, but I've, I've really come into the nutty Snickers and the Milky Ways. But I like all of them really. The, the box celebrations hasn't lasted more than half an hour. Five, five. Got anything to say about it? <laughs> Not the teasers. Teasers for me, they're the one they get stolen in our house. Teasers, the, the little Maltese one, straight away gone. Have you ever had white Maltesers? No, I, I don't think so. Sounds interesting though. I don't see them anywhere anymore. I think like the big shops like Costco and Aldi might sell them, but you don't really get them in like in a standard corner shop or something. But white Maltesers are the one, man. You need to get on them. Yeah, might order some like from the internet after this. <laughs> Absolutely, they're exquisite. Right? I, I mean, I could I could eat them until I was sick. Generally, yeah. oh, so nice. Yeah, gotta love white. Especially chocolate, if you put them like in the fridge and they're just really ice cold. Ooh, that's making me hungry. I'm, like, I'm actually starving now because of that. Like you, you the. I just, the pizza's gone out of my head. The pizza's back in my head now because I've just thought about it again. But I'm going to try and remember why you both these is not like insects crawling in pizza or whatever. But um, yeah, next one. Um, I don't know if you're a regular frequenter. I don't know if that's a word, to be honest. But if you go to town very often, but what's your best, what's, your, what's the best nightclub in town? I haven't been to town for a few years, but when I used to, I used to like EBGBs a lot. But mm. then people started getting filled in outside around that area, so I stopped going. Um, I've been to Black Rabbit a couple of times. That was all right. Um, but nowadays, I'm more of like a pub or a bar type man. I like, I'm like a bit more of a low-key atmosphere because a lot of the time in town, you can't have a good night unless someone's wrecking your night. There's people who just want to go out and have a fight with you, and I can't be bothered with that. So now, I, I, if I go out to town now, I'd only go out in the day, probably, like in a in it, like, do you know, do you like for like an, a workout or a family meal, something like that? I wouldn't just go out to get absolutely blitzed after the game unless I had like a, a, a really valid reason to, like we win the derby 5 0 or something <laughs> like that. Final, like, I'd do it in that case, but I give town a bit of a wide berth nowadays. But when, when I did go, I, I did like some of the more like popular places like EBGBs. Mm. I'll switch it to favorite bar in town then. Favorite bar? Um... I don't know if it's there anymore. Uh, it used to be. It's not like the, the chain with a spoon. I can't think what it's called now. Um, it, it it changes hands a lot. It's 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 down the road. It's by Concert Square, but it's like on the corner and like up little steps. Lloyd's. Is that what it's called now? It was called it something was else. Lloyd's. Yeah. It's the oh, what's it called? It's, it's by. It's like just down the road from where Level is. The Lamb Kiln. Um, yeah, I think that's it. It's been called. It's been called a few things, but uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. it's, it's, it's the, I do like the Irish bar that's there as well. I've had. A, I've had a good time in there as well. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. We were, we were there today. I think after after uni. Um, what's it called? Before I had to dash back in the in the mad rush, but um, yeah. <laughs> what's it called? Um, next next question is favorite. 
and we said, uh, I think you said before we started recording, favorite film, but I'm going to go with fil- favorite film character and make it even more specific. Uh, favorite film character, there's a few. Um, I'll say Tony Montana because I've watched that film again recently and forgot how good it was. Just how yeah. absolutely amazing he is and how badass he is. So I'll go with Tony Montana. Yeah. Lovely. That's a good choice. Probably a popular one as well, to be fair. Um, and my last one is Office U- U- USA or US. Office US or UK? Um, I've never really watched much of The Office US. I mean, I've seen here and there, but I've never like binge watched it. Um, I've watched the UK Office and it was all right type thing. Like, I, I did like it, but it wasn't like, in, it's not in, like on my list of favourites shows or anything. Um, I'd probably go for the Office US because there's, you know it's quite it's quite quirky, isn't it? And I like that kind of um, weird type of humour type thing. So I, one one day I will have to just proper binge watch it and get through all the episodes. But I've only off the top of my head, I can only think of like five or six episodes that I can vividly remember watching, and they were all alright. But I just haven't really like sat down and took the time to get all the way through them. Interesting. That concludes me lightning round for you. That's all your questions. Hope to hope to hope the listeners have got plenty out of that. And then uh, no, if we do win five nil in the derby, that Paul will be straight to Hebe's back back uh, rolling the years back. But no, yeah, we'll um, move on. I'll, I'll be running Hebe's. <laughs> uh, have you played GTA Five? Um, I'm not a big GTA fella, but I probably have some fan, some time along the way. So, some uh, basically at some point in that game, I'm. I'm I played it recently. Like the guy, one of the mechanics in it, just goes on like a mad binge and ends up just taking over like the most popular nightclub in the city. <laughs> and it just like that's like becomes like his safe house for the rest of the game. <laughs> that would be me if we won a derby or won a cup. Just go to town. I just go in the trendiest bar with all the like nicest looking people, and I just start running it. <laughs> Brilliant. That would be the dream. Um, right, my questions for you, my lightning ones are. We'll start off nice and easy with a football question. Mm. What's one football stadium that you've never been to for a match that you look like to? So if, if Everton were going to go play somebody, and or not even that, if Everton were playing, just a stadium you'd love to go and see the team, the home team that plays there. Uh, I've seen some lovely ones in terms of like pictures where they've got like uh, a face of a cliff next to the uh, one side of the ground and stuff like that. Um, all the picturesque ones. And there's there's plenty around the world I'd love to go to, but for some reason the one that's that that kind of came to my head this is going to sound like a rubbish answer. Um, apparently, I've heard I've, I've never been, but the atmosphere in Craven Cottage is meant to be quite good. Um, in Fulham, uh, that's the one that came to me. But if, if I could choose anywhere else, obviously it'd be one around the world, probably. Um, I'd be into the new camp, and that was amazing. I'd love to go to a European stadium as good as that if it exists, so I'm open to recommendations, because the new camp is probably a little bit better than Craven Cottage, so, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably, I, I quite like um, where the Champions League was played, the Wanda Metropolitana in Madrid, I quite like yeah, it as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I'll probably, I'll go with that, because it's a bit better than Craven Cottage. <laughs> it's a gorgeous stadium, that, isn't it? The, the new Atletico one. Yeah. And, Craven Cottage, it's one of those, it's like Goodison, it's a dying breed, isn't it? There's not many yeah. stadiums like that anymore. It's it's a football ground, it's not like a state-of-the-art stadium, it's yeah. just a it's just a pitch with some stands around it, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. 
classic. Yeah. Um, question two. Um, naughtiest thing you ever did at school? So oh. when you were at school, what's the most trouble you ever got in for doing something? Oh, I probably... Uh, the naughtiest thing I did in school, I probably wouldn't be able to say on a podcast. Um, okay, well, something that you, you did that really, <laughs> like wound your teacher up then, that you remember, just be yeah. really good on the teacher's skin. Um, there was one, uh, I was thinking it was year three, where I had a really intense argument with this teacher, because I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but I poked some kid next to me in the eye with a pencil, and... <laughs> I, I I was adamant it was on it was an accident. Sorry, I was adamant, and I, I don't know if I convinced myself afterwards that it was an accident or if it actually was an accident. But I was convinced there was an accident, and she she was convinced it was on paper, and she was convinced that she saw it. And I had a massive massive argument with her. She's actually quite. I'm not going to say who it is. She's actually quite active on Everton Twitter, which is interesting. But um, I don't know if anyone will make that link. But yeah, um, it was a massive massive argument. We went we went into we were at home. And um, my mum was on the phone to her, and she was adamant. And I was like, "No, it, honestly, it was an accident." But yeah, that was uh, that really, really annoyed at the fact that I, I, I denied the fact that it was on purpose. But I, I don't know myself whether it was or not. But I convinced myself that it wasn't. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little uh, when you're in year three, how old are you? About seven, eight. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, seven, eight, seven, eight year old saying, "So I want me solicitor now." Uh, <laughs> uh, question for me. This, this is a food question for you. Um, chicken strips or chicken on a bone? Strips all day, all day. I hate it on a bone. Like, I, like honestly, I, I just hate picking it off, and you, you can't get all of it off. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> what. It's all different colours. Like, I'd rather just have simple. Give me what I can eat, and I'll eat it, rather than give me something I can't eat, something I can't eat. Like chicken strips for me, yeah. Oh, don't play with your food. <laughs> yeah. Um, question four. Uh, I don't know if you watch this, but I've, I assumed you might because everyone I know does. Um, favorite Family Guy character? Oh, um, oh, they're all they're all brilliant. Obviously, um, don't say the paedophile. I want to go with one of the classics like Peter Griffin or Stewie, but I want to go with. Um, Quagmire, to be honest. I just, I just yeah, no, I, I like Quagmire. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with him. <laughs> um, right. Um, question five. Bit, bit of a darker subject. Celebrity death, which most upset you. So when this famous person died, you were absolutely gutted. Uh, it's quite funny, actually. It's weird. Um, do you remember Stephen Gately? Fella I think from, he was um, a, Boys on. He was in, he's in a, like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. The musical. He's in that, yeah. He's in that, isn't he? Yeah. He was in that, yeah. And I, I, I was obsessed with it. Like I had my own dream coat. I maybe won't go to Abercorn on Bold Street and pick me up. Um, I had technical dream coats of my own, and I, I was, I loved it. Like I was, I, I'm not a musical kind of fella, but like back in the day, I loved it. And uh, Stephen Gately was like an idol to me. I wrote to him and everything. And uh, when he died, like, like four year old me was crying for ages. But like, um. Like I was gossip. quite older when he died, but yeah, I was I was gutted. But uh, that's a we- another weird answer. But yeah, I'll go with Stephen Gately. <laughs> R.I.P. R- to him. <laughs> um, question six: Snakes, yay or nay? Do you like them or do you not like them? Snakes. Um... Some people, some people I know absolutely love them. I can't bear them myself. Like, but uh, to be honest, they're okay. Like, I, I'm not one of those people who's scared of them. Like. If someone gave me a snake like round my neck, I wouldn't be that bothered. Like I'd probably be okay. Like yeah, I'm not. A... You pick one up. 
Yeah, yeah, probably to be fair. Like, um, I, I, they wouldn't bother me that much, but I, so I'm not scared of them. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't love to have them wrapped around my neck. I'm not one of those people who feel like wrap, like you lie down and let people pile them on top of them. But uh, no, I wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind. I'm impartial to a snake. Um, question seven. Um, best FIFA team you have ever made? Like FIFA. Of all the FIFAs you've had, what's the team that you just you love remembering the most? What FIFA game was it on, and what club were you? Oh, team you're most proud of? Yeah. Um, <laughs> most proud of probably is one that John uh, recommended me to do the fellow Bumsy account. So, um, he can't. We kind of have a thing where we buy, we make a team out of former Everton players. Um, and kind of we do sometimes former Everton players sometimes loan players and last year I made a really good one where I had um, loads of I think informal Lukaku and I think there was a 90 card for Joe as well up front and uh, this was an ultimate team so um, yeah the ultimate team of former Everton players but it was it was really good like I had like even people who barely played for us like Mangala was in there where they more seasoned pros like I, I, I token players on the bench like Wade Rooney was there Joel Robles Tim Howard I was peppering the team with all the um, Everton players um, from former times and that was the team I was most proud of putting that together it wasn't that good but uh, yeah I was proud of that one yeah that was an ultimate team of former Everton players yeah Joseph Yobo was the first team coach yeah <laughs> yeah uh, right uh, question eight it's uh, the same question as you asked one of, uh, you asked me um What's your second side? Well, just a side who you always make sure you keep an eye out for because you just like them for some reason. Hey, can I pick Marine? <laughs> Marine. They yeah. play, don't they? You cover them, don't you? Yeah, I'm the media, the media man, so I don't know if I can pick them, Like, but they're, they're my oh, second well, team. That's, that's fair enough. You've got a legitimate reason to like them. It's better than mine. I just like Dipswitch because they wore blue. I, 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 <laughs> I can't think of any other reason why, uh, why I like them. Yeah, yeah, I think if anyone was listening to this from Marine, they'd probably complain if I didn't say them because I work for them. So, yeah, I've got to, probably got to pick them. <laughs> uh, where, where are they currently? Um, we got relegated last season um, from the Northern Premier League to the Northern Premier League Northwest Division or something like that, even though it's not just clubs in the Northwest, so it's wrongly named, which is weird. But, yeah, we're uh, pushing for promotion at the moment, third in the league. Only the top one gets automatic promotion and the next four... Or five, uh, four, it'll be after play in the playoffs. So probably going to get a playoff place. Uh, looking to get back up into the into the um, the league that we hadn't been relegated from in the whole 125 year history until I joined the club and they got relegated. But yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and make sure you don't go to any more games if they get in the playoffs. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, question nine. Uh, this uh, goes back to something that's been on Sky recently because they were debating it. Uh, what do you think is a better achievement, winning the Premier League or winning the Champions League? For Liverpool this season or just in, in general? In, in general. Well, if you could choose for, mm. for Everton, this way, in the next five years, you could choose for Everton to win the Champions League or the Premier League, what would you pick? I'd personally pick the Champions League, to be honest. Um, I know it's a short amount of time, but it's on a European scale. And... Um, just to win a competition with the esteem of that. I think probably the fact that Leicester won the Prem dampens it a little bit for me. <laughs> I think that Everton would just do that. Like, obviously, it would be amazing, and it's over a longer run of games, and obviously, you'd enjoy it 
over a longer extended period, but to win the Champions League, honestly, that's something else for me. So um, I personally pick the Champions League. Yeah. I think that depends on the club itself a lot of times. There's a lot of clubs um, who've won Champions Leagues who haven't won a league for ages, like yeah. Liverpool and, and, like, and like AC Milan. They haven't won a, a Serie A for ages, so... If you ask them, I'm sure they'd rather win the league. But if you ask someone like City or an Arsenal who have never won the European Cup or Everton and we haven't got one, you'd just love to get it, wouldn't you? To yeah. Trophy all. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, good answer. I'd, I'd probably edge towards the Premier League myself. Like, mm. um, That's just me. And question 10. Um, bit of a random one. I'm not sure if you'll even have an answer. But closest time you've ever came to dying. <laughs> if something ever happened to you, you think, Jesus, that was close. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, let me think. Um, I nearly drowned in a swimming pool once when I was a kid. Um, I jumped in at the deep end of the swimming pool and I was like drowning until my dad come and whisked me up and kind of save, save me and I was coughing up water and all that crap. But yeah, that's probably the closest I come to dying when I, I, just, I just decided to wander and just... I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Jumped into a swimming pool where awesome. it was well above my head. Yeah, <laughs> nearly died. But, yeah, I got saved in the end, so it was all good. <laughs> Closest I ever came was when some big, grotty French policeman in Lille with his leather jacket was batting through, a, through mm-hmm. an um, tear gas thing at me. <laughs> Anyone oh, who went horrible. to Lille, well, not what I'm talking about. I genuinely <laughs> thought, like, this fella's going to cave my skull in. Oh, he, like, gave me the like, eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm going to come for you. And I just... I just took off. Completely. Oh my god! Jesus. And I wasn't That's doing anything wrong. It was just anyone who remembers that that game against Lille in the Europa League will know just all the trouble that kicked off in the town square. Just policemen just over the head looking for a fight. Oh dear. Well, yeah, that was my ten questions. You've answered my my ten, so hopefully that was interesting. Um, said you don't mind a snake. I hate them. <laughs> Um, I hate pizza. You want to know where to not eat your pizza in future. And yeah. apparently, your former teacher is is really active on social media. So someone's well, going to get onto that. And I don't know. I, 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 maybe not, but she, I hope she's not listening because if she is, I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> no, probably, probably. I can't remember to be honest. Now, um, <laughs> I was probably wrong. I was. Um, you're admitting it now. <laughs> Over 10, 11 years later, you're finally admitting that you did uh, pop that person up on the eye on purpose. I'm not going to admit it because I genuinely, in my head, I, I, it wasn't like it, it was an accident, but like, I think I've convinced myself that, so I don't know. But we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. But uh, that was our lightning round. I enjoyed my first, uh, my lightning round debut. Um, excellently coached through by Paul, so thanks a lot for that. And thanks a lot for joining us in the show today in general because it's been, it's been a pleasure. So thanks a lot for joining us. And um, obviously, thanks to the listeners as well um, for sticking with us um, after a difficult result on the weekends. Thanks for listening. And um, make sure... Subscribe. What's that? To subscribe to the YouTube subscribe, channel. Yeah. Social. Is right. Reminding me there. Get me, get me up to scratch. Subscribe to everything we have. Subscribe just to our lives. Um, YouTube. Uh, listen to the podcast. Obviously, Acast, iTunes, Spotify. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on all the platforms and you'll be able to get all of our quality content such as what we've just talked about uh, where not to eat pizza and the, the like of that so yeah um, so yeah let us obviously comment on the video um, and if you do know who 
the active Everton Twitter lady is, who was my t- teacher in year three. Please <laughs> yeah, please don't say it. Please don't call me out. But yeah, uh, thanks a lot for listening. Um, and yeah, join us next time on the Toffee Blues.